as we all know, today is Fifth Sunday, and today is Kids Takeover. It's so exciting to be here. I've been planning and dreaming about this service, oh, probably for a couple of years, I would say. Like, it's been something that we've talked about, and I've always wanted to do, and I was definitely on my bucket list before I head out. So thank you for letting me do this before... Don't worry, I'm not leaving for a while. I've still got about a year, so you're good. <laughs> but I'm so excited that we get to share with the grown-ups and with the parents a little bit of what we do in kids' ministry here on Sunday morning. So how amazing was, was our little, like, worship team? Good job. Give them a round of applause. They were all super nervous, but they really wanted they really wanted to be part of that and to do that. So we have been really strategic in kids' ministry this past year. Um, even since it started last year, we've been really strategic about worshiping and it, teaching our kids what it means to have a heart of worship like David did. And just, I might, I'm going to try. I think I'm okay, but I might get a little misty-eyed. But I always get super emotional when I see our kids worshiping. So this is for, the, for our kids, but you don't know, this is a bit much for them. So typically when we're in the kids' church, our kids are, we spread out, the kids are worshiping, and they're really pouring into it. And when we've gone to, like, different kids' events, our kids are fully engaged, and it's so exciting for us to see them. So thank you, uh, Pastor Tracy and the worship team, for embracing us and learning those not quite as easy songs for this morning, and some fun ones, some of our favorites. So we just have a few pieces of business that we need to take care of. And um, so what I, I have here are some gift cards that I owe some kids. So part of our Kids Connect program on Wednesday nights, every week our kids get a scripture verse that they have to learn each week. It's part of our lesson, and it helps them to A, learn scripture, and to memorize the word. Because as grown-ups know, the more you memorize when you're younger, the easier it is to remember when you're older, right? Pastor Tracy memorized that whole book of Colossians. Would it have been easier to do as a kid? 100%. Yeah. So what we do is each time the kids learn a verse, they get their name added into a draw. So we did the draws on Wednesdays, but I thought it would be awesome to present the gift certificates this morning. So I'm going to need, um, I have one for Penny Kippenhuck. Where is Penny? Penny, come on up. The kids didn't know I was going to do this, so they're mortified. Um, I, is Henry Carson here this morning? I didn't, we will make sure to get Henry Carson his. And then also, I owe CJ, CG, this is your overdue one from last year. We had a gift card mishap. It kept going missing. So here you go, guys. Thank you for learning your scriptures. Enjoy those gift cards. <laughs> also, something else that we usually do in Kids Church is give out kids' bucks. So our kids have an opportunity each week to earn some kids' bucks. They get them for being here, for bringing their Bible, for learning their memory verse, for, like, sometimes winning a game or an activity, or just maybe they help out. Sometimes if they just, some of our kids know this about me, that they just stay and help clean up afterwards. There could be a couple of uh, extra kids' bucks slipped their way. But what the kids get to do is at, uh, every couple of months we put out a prize table and the kids get to spend those. So kids, I'm not going to give these out to you now because you guys got tickets as you came in and you got to spin to win kids' bucks with Lincoln. If you missed that and you didn't get your ticket, come and find me after the service. Or if you have your ticket and you haven't spun to one, spin to, spun? Spun to win? Spin, it doesn't, that doesn't, that's not proper English. If you have not had a chance to spin to win, there, let's try it that way, you can go and find Lincoln after the service to get your kids' bucks. All right. So I brought a few things. I know there's a couple things on my table here that you're probably wondering. I'm not talking about the duck yet. You're just going to have to wait. I'm not talking about it yet. You're going to have to be patient and just wait. But I did bring something to help us with our lesson today. And I might, I'm sorry, Nate, I might actually go on the floor for this part so that the kids can see. So this is, this is my friend Bob. Can you guys see, you guys want to say hi to Bob? Say hi to Bob. Grown-ups, you can say hi to Bob too. You guys, Bob's not shy. Bob likes friends. So Bob is one of my good friends, and we have been working really hard over the last, 
I don't know, a couple of months to learn some special skills. So right now, Bob is just kind of like, he's just kind of hanging out there. He's just kind of chilling. But Bob does do some tricks. Do you guys want to see Bob's tricks? All right. So if I say to Bob, I'll try to go up here. If I say to Bob, Bob, I want you to go down to the bottom of the water bottle. Bob will go down to the water, bottom of the water bottle. Ready? Go down to the bottom of the water bottle. There goes Bob. Bob is down at the bottom of my water. Do you guys see him? He listens. And if I say, Bob, come back to the top. Bob will come back up to the top. I need, I need, a, I need a helper. Where is E-Ray? Come on up here. So what I want you to do, I'm going to show you the coolest trick. So stand this way so that they can see. I want you to put your finger at the top, and I want you, when I say go, we're gonna, Bob's going to follow your finger up and down. Okay? You ready? Let's try it. Go. So nope, move your finger like up and down this way. What? What is Bob? Bob is crazy. Very good. Oh, Bob's going to go back up. All right, let's leave Bob. Thank you very much for your help. So Bob, Bob is a really good listener, but the most important thing about Bob is that he was obedient and he did the things that I asked him to do, even though it might seem silly to just move up and down and up and down. He might get dizzy after a while, but Bob demonstrates what we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. So we are going to go to the book of Colossians, which is what the grown-ups, kids, we're in the same series that the grown-ups are doing. So we're going to be in the book of Colossians. They're working through that for the next couple weeks. We're going to jump out of, out of order for a, just a little bit here, but we're going to be reading a verse from Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Okay. I may not have memorized the entire book of Colossians. Memory, scripture memorization is not as strong suit for me, but I have memorized this verse. Are you ready? Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Yeah! No, I don't get any. Okay. <laughs> I know, it's not quite as impressive. It's not quite as impressive. And all the kids are sitting in the rows thinking, oh, what are we talking? Obeying our parents? Miss Margaret, come on! Trust me, it's a really good lesson. And it's not just for kids. It's something that our grown-ups have a hard time with too. Kids, what did that verse, who are we supposed to obey? You can yell out the answer. Who are we supposed to obey? Your parents, that is right. And why do we need to obey our parents? What does that do? Just yell it out. It, it please, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Henry Kippenock, because, <laughs> because it pleases the Lord. <laughs> welcome, welcome to my world, friends. Welcome to my world. <laughs> This is why I love what I do. I'm completely exhausted after Sunday mornings because we jump around and sing these fun songs. And I am constantly entertained by our kids. Thank you so much. <laughs> so some of you kids may not live with mom and dad, but maybe you have step-parents, your grandparents, aunts or uncles, and those are the people that take care of you. So this verse is going to apply to them as too. Basically, we're going to say that this verse applies to everybody that God has entrusted to take care of you. So you are to be obedient to them. We could even take it one step further and include the people like our teachers at school, our at teachers at church, our coaches, or anybody that our parents entrust us um, with. So if your parents are leaving you with a babysitter, even though they're not our moms and dads, our moms and dads are trusting that that person is going to take care of us, so we want to make sure that we are obedient to them as well. In our puppets get earlier, we heard Adrian telling Maggie about all, or telling Maggie that the Bible tells us more than once that children are supposed to be obedient or honor their parents. So we first hear about this in Exodus chapter 20, 
which says, honor your father and mother. Now, do you guys know what that honor your father and mother is from? Kids, do you know what it's from? Yeah. The Ten Commandments. Very good. So God, that's one of the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses to share with the Israelites. It's not necessarily the same as being obedient, but we know that one way we can honor our parents is to listen to them and be obedient to them. And it's not just something that we do because it makes our parents feel nice. It's something that we need to do because God has commanded us to do that. So it's not always going to be easy to be obedient. How many of you struggle sometimes to be obedient? This can be kids, grown-ups, all of us. Yeah, everybody in the room, <laughs> we all struggle to be obedient. And kids, you may feel like Maggie did in The Puppet's Kid. Have you ever had a day where you felt like that, where you were just like, mom is constantly all over me about every single thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I won't say who responded. I won't say who responded. <laughs> so it can be the same. Kids, Here's a note for you. It can be the same for us as grown-ups too. Sometimes grown-ups, we feel the same way. We have so many things that we have to do. There are some days where I would love to just sit in my office, play video games, watch my Hallmark movies, and do absolutely nothing. Yes, I said it, Hallmark movies. I'm not embarrassed. I love Hallmark movies. It's not a secret. You want to watch a Hallmark movie, you let me know, and I will make it happen. Um, but if I did that, I wouldn't get any of my work done. I wouldn't be ready for Kids Church. I wouldn't be ready for Kids Connect. I wouldn't be ready for this fifth Sunday takeover or any of the things. And I don't think Pastor Tracy would be very happy with me. She would probably be pretty, no, she's shaking her head. She would probably be pretty upset and probably pretty disappointed, which in then in turn would make me feel like I let her, you guys, and let God down. And I don't like to disappoint anybody, especially God. And that's exactly what we do when we disobey our parents. We not only let them down, but we let God down as well. So there is a simple process to being obedient. We need to, it is hearing, understanding, and responding. So we need to be listening to what's being asked of us, make sure that we understand and know what it is we're supposed to do, and then we need to respond to it. So when your moms and dads are asking you to do things, sometimes, maybe we don't understand, so we, want to, we have to ask them again. I've done this before. My parents, my parents are both in the room today, so they can attest to this. Sometimes I don't necessarily understand or I'm choosing to not listen to the instructions. So sometimes we may have to hear them a couple of times, right? But the biggest thing that we need to do is we need to make sure that when we respond, we respond with the right attitude. Hmm. The kids are all looking at me like, Miss Margaret, I can't believe you're talking about this in the room in front of our grown-ups. Yeah, they're all like, ah. Oh. So here are a couple of keys to being obedient that we need to remember. The first one is we need to obey right away. So if our parents ask us to do a chore, we need to go and we need to do it right away. Or if they ask us to do our homework, we need to go and do that right away. We don't go and play for another 45 minutes and then go do the chore. We need to obey right away. And then, oh, somebody says, <laughs> I didn't hear it. And then we need to obey all the way. So we're not obeying if we only do part of what we're instructed to do. So this means mom and dad might tell us to clean our room. Okay, you've got, 40, you've got 15, 20 minutes to spend some time cleaning up your room. I don't know what some of your rooms look like, but I know that when I was a kid, my room was a disaster. Cleaning up your room means putting away your toys, putting away your laundry, cleaning up the garbage. It doesn't mean taking everything off the floor and shoving it in the closet or shoving it under your bed. If we 
choose to shove everything in the closet or under our bed, are we choosing to obey all the way? No, we want to make sure that we obey all the way. And this, the third one, and this is, this is the toughest one probably, is to obey with a happy heart. Sometimes we do what we're told, but we do it with a bad attitude. Yeah, I'm getting some head nods. Grown-ups, it's the same thing. Kids, it's not just for us kids. It's the grown-ups too. Or we might complain the whole time. I catch myself doing that a lot at McDonald's. Somebody will ask me to do something that I don't want to do, and then I'm like, I don't want to get that fries. So I have to, well, I have to check my own attitude. Uh, the Dunham kids can attest to that. Sometimes I don't always have the most positive attitude while at McDonald's, but I have to check myself and be really careful about that. Some of us might, might try to convince mom and dad that you don't need to do what they've asked you to do, or you might try to negotiate for a sibling or somebody to do that. Anybody done that? Try to, like, bribe your sister or your brother. Hey, I'll give you some extra allowance if you do the dishes for me or if you do this for me. But that is not the attitude that we're supposed to have. This does not bring joy to the Lord. He has given us our parents and guardians and caregivers, and we need to honor them by doing what they have asked with a good attitude. Even if we don't like their request, we need to obey with a happy heart. So these can be hard things to do. All three of these, these things can be hard, especially when we have lots of things going on. If we're in the middle of a video game, some video games you can't pause. Is this a thing? Okay, when I was a kid, you could pause all the video games. So this is a new thing for me. So when I get this excuse from, the, from certain teenagers, I will not mention names of, <laughs> to stop the video games, they tell me they can't pause them. But we need to remember what Colossians 3.20 says. If we obey our parents and caregivers, it will please who? The Lord. The Lord or God, yeah. Either one, I'll take either one of those answers. So if we jump a bit ahead to Colossians 3.23, it gives us... Uh, more of an idea of how we are to do the things that we are being asked to do. And it says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So in this verse, Paul is talking to us about the relationship between a slave and a master. But for us today, we could look at this as more of a relationship between like a boss and their employee. So technically we don't work for our parents, but they kind of are our bosses at home, right? Mom and dad are the boss. They are the ones that God has put over us to protect us and take care of us. So this verse is a good reminder that no matter who asks us to do something, especially a person that is in care, that we're in care of, that we should always give our best, even if it's something that we don't love doing or it's something that is really hard. We want to make our parents happy, but ultimately we want to please God. So kids, what is one thing we have learned about today that will help us to please the Lord? You can, who wants, who, kids, what did we learn? What have we learned that will please the Lord? Yeah, Henry. Obeying our parents. Okay, so grown-ups, we're not off the hook. <laughs> I know a lot of you are thinking, uh, we're grown-ups, we don't have parents anymore, but this message isn't just for our kids. There is nowhere, and I have to thank Pastor Tracy for this because she gave me this little line, there is nowhere in the Bible that actually releases us from that commandment to submit to the authority of our parents. We still need to be respectful and be obedient to our parents, and there are still ways that we can be submissive and honoring to them. It just looks a little different than when we were kids. So our parents might not bug us about our homework, or bug us to clean our room. But if you have a mom who gets very stressed out by chaotic atmospheres or environments, you're going to make sure your house is clean before she comes over so that she can come and enjoy the time with you. So there's small little things that we can do that would show her honor. We're not going to keep our house a disaster unless that mom loves to come and clean. 
maybe, but that's one way that we can show her honor. We also need to be mindful about how we act around our parents and how we treat them. So even though a lot of grown-ups don't live with their parents anymore, we still need to be honoring and respectful to them. We want to treat them, treating them with respect also will please the Lord as well. So this can also, grown-ups, be extended to us in the workplace. We, um, we need to make sure that we are respectful and obey those in authority over us. Even when we don't agree or see eye to eye, we need to find a respectful way to work out our differences. All right, kids, an example in the Bible. This is going to be the grown-ups too. So if we're struggling, there is an example of somebody in the Bible that we can look at and that we can follow his directions and his example. Who do you think it is? Just yell it out. Jesus, that's right. As a child, Jesus was obedient to his parents. It literally tells us that in Luke chapter 251. It says Jesus was obedient. We also see all through Jesus' adult life that he is obedient and he did everything that God asked him to do. This obedience is most evident when he sacrifices his own life. This is not what Jesus wanted to do, but he was obedient and he knew that it was the plan that God had for his life. Jesus did not have to do any of the things that God asked him to do because he is God but he was obedient and he did them out of respect and love for God. He was also obedient because he knew that it would please his heavenly father. So our goal in life as Christians is to be like Jesus. We are to read the Bible and follow the guidelines that we have been given by God, even when they're hard or when we face tough things in life. We are to be obedient to those in authority over us because we know that it pleases God. But on top of that, we need to make sure that we do that with the right attitude. We also need to know that no matter what we are asked to do, we need to complete the task as if we are working and doing it for God, not for ourselves or for our parents. We do this by giving our best and by having a good attitude while doing it. All right, let's take a minute pray, and then I'm going to change gears a little bit. So let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you so much that we can come and we can learn from your word and that um, you've given us these very clear guidelines and instructions on how to live our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would help each child that's in this room to hear these words and to be obedient and to be honoring to their parents. And I pray also, Lord, for all the grown-ups in the room as this looks a little bit different for us, but I pray that you would give us wisdom and guidance and direction on how to be obedient in situations that might be tough or difficult for us to do. I thank you that we were able to come together, celebrate kids, and do some fun things in kids' church. I just pray that you would be with us the remainder of the service, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so it is truly an honor, guys, for me to serve our kids. And today was a special service, and we took time to celebrate our kids at Freedom. These kids sitting up here, these kids are, this is the next generation. This is the church. This is what's coming up in the next 10 years. And you can see, like, we've got some youth and some young adults mixed in that group. So these are, this is the next generation. And it's amazing for me to serve and work alongside all of these kids and our team members each week. So last uh, Saturday, we had a kids' ministry um, training day. It was an awesome Saturday. We came together for three hours and just learned. We were poured into, we were given practical tools and skills to be able to serve our kids even better than we do right now. And one of the things that I did, and this is where the rubber duck comes in, so you can all be like, oh, good, she's going to talk about the duck. That would stress me out. If I just saw something sitting and we didn't acknowledge it, I would be stressed out about it. So last week, I gave all of our kids' ministry team members one of these little rubber ducks when they left. And you might be thinking to yourself, why a rubber duck? I mean, I know I do a lot of weird things and strange things, but this actually has a purpose. So a fun fact about baby ducks is that when they first hatch, they have this thing that happens that is called imprinting. So they imprint on the first thing that they meet, which would typically be the mother duck. Excuse me, sorry. 
The first, the imprinting that takes place helps these little baby ducks establish their identity, form a bond, follow a leader, and then not stop following that leader. So what this little duck is for us is to be a reminder that what all of us, all of, all of our leaders in kids ministry do is imprint something very important on the children's lives, and that is Jesus. We're all teaching them about their identity in Jesus and helping them form a bond with him and their heavenly father to hopefully become lifelong followers of Jesus. So kids' ministry is important. We need to take the time to teach our kids the words and help them practically live out their life, or help them practically live out what they learn. Being involved in in a kids' ministry program, whether it's kids' church, kids' Sunday school, midweek programs, or camps, can have a huge impact on our kids and in these early years of their lives. We are making an impact and helping them figure out who they are in Christ and where they fit into God's big story. So if you are currently serving somewhere in kids' ministry, I would like you to stand up in the room. Stand up for us. I want to look around the room. This is the group of people that is currently serving our kids in kids' ministry at Freedom. They... They give up one Sunday a month to come and serve. They help at different kids' events. Now, if you have ever served in kids' ministry before, ever in your entire, or at Freedom here, sorry, if you've ever served before in kids' ministry at Freedom, I want you to stand up too. If you have ever served in kids' ministry. You may not be serving now, but you have in the past. All right? And then the last group of people, if you have ever served anywhere in kids' ministry, it could be camp, church, I don't, anywhere that was part of a church program, stand up. Yes, give them a round of applause. I personally want to say thank you to all of you for investing in the lives of kids. We are making an impact for the kingdom that will change lives forever. So up until now, I have done most of the talking, but now I'm going to turn it over to you guys. So I'm going to give a couple of instructions. We're going to do a little bit of a a mini testimony time, and I want to hear from some of you guys. So this is going to be kind of a two-part thing. The first part is I'm going to have some of our kids' ministry team members share why they are part of kids' ministry. And then the second part, I'm going to give you a heads up so that you can think about it, is I want anybody in the room to share a time that a kid, or talk about a time that a kids' ministry leader impacted your life or how they may have affected your life or changed your life. So I've got Maggie ready. I know my kids' ministry team. I prepped them for this, but a lot of them forgot. So who wants to start? I would love for, like, maybe one of our junior high. Ruthie's going to, oh, Ruthie's going to start it off. All right, you can stand up. Stand up so everybody can see you. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Um, these two things kind of go together. It's like a mixture of the two questions. And uh, the reason why I serve in kids is because of the impact that it had on me when I was in kids ministry. And just being able to look up to people that serve Christ wholeheartedly and know that, like, there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger kingdom being a part of the body of Christ and how much of an impact it had on me and being able to not always, like, be happy but have eternal joy and just be just knowing that God is always there and having somebody to comfort you no matter what the situation or circumstances. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Who else wants to share? I would love to hear from some of our like youth leaders. Greta, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Pass that microphone over to Greta. <laughs> so the problem with me knowing you. Why do you love to serve in kids ministry? Um I probably would say 
I just want to make an impact on um, the kids' lives and help them grow in Christ and give them a good, like, future and, yeah. like, stuff like that. Awesome. Very good. All right. Anybody else want to share? I know you're all really excited. Come on. I can tell you why I serve in kids' ministry. A, it's my job. But... Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's for me, this is the best gig in the world because I get paid to do what I love doing. But when I was a kid, I, I remember, it's like Ruthie said, the impact that some of my Sunday school teachers had on my life, I, what they taught me. And when they encouraged me, I wanted to be able to do that for others. So I started serving in kids ministry when I was 12 years old. I was that nursery helper. I would carry the screaming babies. I didn't care. I was like, put me in. What can I do? Because I just wanted to serve and love the kids that were at my church. So that was one of that was why I did kids ministry because I just wanted to be that person that somebody else was for me. All right, we'll turn it over to other people. Does anybody have a story or something that they would share that was impactful from a Sunday school teacher? I got Adam here. The year was 1985. <laughs> nice. Ooh, I like that. I like this. This is going to be a story. And there was a really awkward-looking redhead kid. <laughs> freckled to the nines, being kind of bullied at primary school. And this six-foot-four children's leader named Rod Rule, which we thought was the coolest name that you could have in the 80s. Going to green. Um, <laughs> yeah, Rod Rule was, uh, was the, the, the guy's name, and he just took time. And he actually took me out on Saturdays to go fishing as, like, this little tiny kid. And it was completely revolutionary for my confidence. And that little redhead kid awesome. didn't handle things quite as poorly after meeting <laughs> Rod Rule. That is awesome. Does anybody else have any stories they want to share of a kids' ministry leader that impacted their lives? Oh, Walt all the way in the back there. Uh, it's funny. I had, there was a, a, a teenager in high school when I was only, I was probably in grade three to five around there. And he was, I knew he was a, a kids helper, youth leader, and he wasn't even in my church. Like I, he was in another church, another denomination. But I saw how he acted out of his life in school amidst friends who were doing all these other crazy things. And he was, people still got along with him and liked him and he was kind but he never compromised, never changed. And I've never forgotten that. That's, you know, that's 40 years seeing this kid like move. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, Matt's got a. I just want to say you kids are lucky because when I was in kids <laughs> in Alberta, our Sunday school teacher was a six foot six farmer that wore cowboy boots. And if you acted up, he would try to stomp on your toes oh. with the cowboy boots. So needless to say, we were pretty well behaved <laughs> because he could get away with stomping on kids' toes back <laughs> then. So be lucky, kids, that you don't do that today. I also think that goes against all the abuse prevention rules. So I just wear, I wear running shoes. Does anybody else have any? Oh. Susan's up there. My story is similar to a lot of the rest of you, but 
Um, I was a little girl of 11, and my father had uh, recently left our family. And my mother had sought out help in a Baptist church, and I saw how it helped her to sustain those difficult days, and I came to Jesus after she did. And there was a Sunday school teacher who used to take me home after church and give me dinner, and, and I just, she loved me and gave me a New Testament, so I'm not going to tell you the year, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, we got up here at the, who I love this, I love hearing your stories. Oh, no, Maggie, when I asked for a volunteer last Saturday at our kids' ministry thing, Maggie was like, I will be the mic runner. She was like, I am in. Thank you. So um, all the kids seem like they have a lot of fun here at Sunday school. Is that right? Yeah? Okay. So, they're very quiet. When, when oh, I'm the, sorry. They're very quiet when the grown-ups are around. <laughs> they're not like this in that room. I, we can hear them through the wall, usually. You can, right? Okay, good. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, when you guys go to school, don't forget to share this awesomeness with your friends. You know, the ones that don't attend church, right? Let them know that, hey, we go to a great church. We have lots of fun. And don't forget to invite them. That's the key part, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure you invite them so that they can join. There's a lot, of, a lot of kids that would like to have this much fun. They just don't know they're welcome. Yeah. That's like, like Maggie in the, in, the, in the play. A lot of people, a lot of, especially kids, not so much grown-ups, but a lot of kids think you need to be like, it's like a special club. Like you have to have like a special thing to get in there. I've heard it from kids all the time. But it's not anybody can come to church. Jesus is for everyone, right? It's not just for those of us that come on Sunday mornings. Is there anybody else that? That's awesome. I will, I think for me, the one, the moment in my life that impacted me the most was, it was, I think it was a grade three, four Sunday school class. We did a lesson on serving, and he talked about, um, we talked about the story of Jesus serving the disciples and washing their feet, and that was a lesson that we had done in Sunday school. I can't remember if we, like, washed each other's feet or if we what the remainder of that lesson was but I remember I was in my young adult years and that same Sunday school we were at a church retreat up at Camp Crossroads with, with our church at the time and the pastor spoke on that message and he talked about serving and serving in the church and serving others around us and we actually had a foot washing moment like where we came up and um, that Sunday school teacher that was my grade three four Sunday school teacher came up to me and said I want to wash your feet and he, like, pulled me aside, and he sat me down, and he took off my socks and my shoes. It was summer. I can't, I don't know. It was not pretty, I'm sure. But he washed my feet, and he encouraged me to stay strong in the Lord, to be obedient to God, and to do the things that he called me to do. And for me, that was, that was the beginning of a pivotal moment in me stepping into what I do now. So we doesn't even have to be affecting when, our, when we're kids, but I that grade three, four teacher made an impact when I was in kids' church, and then he continued to make that impact all through my life. And even now, I haven't seen him in a long time, but every time I see him, he always made an effort to come and say hello and ask how things were going and to just continue to encourage me. So kids' men team, you have a big job. We have a big job here at Freedom. We are getting the next generation ready for the church. We are teaching them. We are impacting on their lives, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So I thank you so much for your willingness to serve. And anybody, like even in the youth ministry, those of you that serve in youth ministry, thank you as well, because that generation is just as important. We're raising up these generations so that they can one day step into the role that we're doing now. And I can't wait, kids, for me to come back one day and see who of this group might be serving in kids' ministry someday. Because I, there's a few of you, I think, that are definitely going to 
want to do something like that. So it's very exciting. Thank you, Pastor Tracy, for letting me come and share and have a fun service for our kids this morning. Um, I'm going to pass it back to you guys in the worship team.